All right, we are here. Welcome, guys, to Project Mindset, the most uplifting podcast on the planet. I had to get dressed up for this one. Very special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to my mama. Hello. Welcome, mom. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. As I was thinking about different uh, people I'd like to have, from skaters to rappers to entrepreneurs, I really had to take some time and think about, why am I here? Why am I doing this? And hello, I wouldn't be doing, I, I wouldn't even be on this planet if it weren't for you. But that is, is so much, so much, there's so much more to that as far as who you've been in my life, the influence that you've had on me from books to seminars to just who you are as a human being. And people ask for it. Actually, I thought somebody was being sarcastic. KP sent a message out and said, who should we have on the podcast? And somebody said, your mom. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I, I, asked if somebody, I asked KP if somebody uh, was being sarcastic and it, it was actually a legit request really the people have spoken mom oh no <laughs> so um time to tell the truth time to tell the truth <laughs> try not to embarrass me too much but um let's break it down mom Wh where were you born um i was actually born in in la los angeles california wow yep in like the early 1900s <laughs> a little bit a little bit <laughs> around there in the 60s in, in the, the 60s, 60s in LA. Yeah. Yep. What part of At LA? Hope Hospital. Hope Hospital. Downtown. I think that's where uh, Skid Row is now. Downtown LA? Mm hmm. Downtown LA. Wow, this is going to be interesting. There's probably a lot of stuff I don't even know about you. <laughs> Downtown LA. Downtown Hope LA. Hospital. Hope Hospital. And um, what number child were you? I was the fourth of uh, my mom's first husband. Fourth of your mom's first, first husband. husband. Yeah, I was the baby the baby and um so from there um as soon as i was born um six months into it um my mom sent us to the philippines so you were you how know, old six months six months old oh, yeah you and your mom you had <laughs> sent you to the philippines yep with, with my with my sister okay. and my brothers we were all sent to go live with my uh, grandparents. So who was on that plane home? I mean, that plane to the Philippines. Well, um, from, I guess, from what I was told, it was my mom. Of course, okay. she escorted us. Yeah. And then my brother and my sister. You know, my brothers and my sister. So you're six months old. Who was the oldest of that group before? Uh, my brother, Rudy. Okay, so you, Uncle Rudy, Auntie Caroline, mm -hmm. and Uncle Ron. Yep. So I had, I mean, that, you know, I grew up in the Philippines. How old, how long did living you live with my grandma. in the Philippines? For, for nine years. Nine years? Yep. For Damn. nine years. I didn't know who my, you know, it was really strange because when I arrived here, you know, um, so my mom, you know, the reason she sent us there was because she was going through a divorce. Okay. She was leaving my dad and, um... You know, I guess that's how, I, I don't know, I guess that's how they do it in the Philippines. You know, they, they send the kids if you're going through something like that. Apparently, that's how my mom did it. And yeah, we, I don't think that's normal. I don't know. I guess not. My mom, it's, <laughs> yeah, I don't sure. know. But my mom, you know, she's pretty much a, 
a rebel. Wow. She's so did a she rebel stay with without you guys a cause. in the Philippines for a while? She literally nope, she jumped left on a plane, there. dropped you off. See you later, kids. I think so. She may have stayed for a little bit just to get us acclimated wow. to, you know, to living with my grandma. And so your first language is Tagalog? Yep. Huh. Yeah. When I first came well, here. To be honest, I did not know that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When I first came here, I came back to the United States, um, 1969. Yeah. So what are your early memories like in the, uh, in the Philippines? Oh, early, not, let's see. I remember swimming. Mm-hmm. I remember swimming because we were all athletes. Okay. I mean, fortunately, I was, I was lucky. Um, we were really blessed to be with a, um, you know, everyone in the Philippines, all my cousins, we all kind of, we call it a compound where we all lived right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, we had the first um, Olympic size uh, swimming pool. So my cousins had a resort, and that's where we actually lived. So before school. And that's in Laguna. Yeah, San, right? in San Pedro Laguna. Yeah. And so before school, it was like everyone was in the, um, everybody was training for the Olympics in the Philippines. Wow. So before school, everybody had to swim. And so that's probably some of my memories, like jumping in the pool. Yeah. When I was only like four years old, they literally just threw me in the pool, and it's like you sink or swim. Right. You know, and that's Didn't all I remember. Drowned? I don't remember, but I just remember it being really dark. The waters were dark, and it was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. <laughs> I'm gonna die if I don't swim. I'm gonna die. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, but that was the. That's probably what I remembered. Everybody before Swimming. school, everybody had to put in their swim, uh, their swimming exercise. Yeah. So, like my sister, she, um, her, um, she did the breaststroke, uh, or backstroke. Uh, my brother Rudy did uh, breaststroke. Ron, my brother, was great with the butterfly, hmm. and I was the uh, uh, freestyle doggy paddle. Doggy paddle, pretty much at five years old. So four you're or five. so then you're nine years old, and you move where? Um, I just remember I remember coming off the plane, and um meeting my dad for the first time wow! and it was really strange because the only story that I knew about my dad that he was he was this mean man and he didn't like I had a different story than when I met him for the very first time and he was like the most um the sweetest man ever he was so cool he was like really um I don't know. It was just really crazy how, you know, you're told a different story as you're growing up, but then you find out the real truth. So who would tell you those stories? <sighs> you know, it would be between mom and, um, I guess, my relatives. Yeah. That's just what I remember. I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not super clear, but I just remember always hearing that my dad was a, was a mean dad. And you met him, and you're like, wow, my yeah. dad is awesome. He was, he looked like a... Uh, uh, the guy in Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. Mr. Mr. Miyagi. Miyagi. He looks exactly like him. Yeah. So now And you... it turned out to be that my dad was the most responsible father. He provided... He gave my mom everything. Wow. After getting to know him. And um, he was just... He was just... You know, he was a responsible man. He knew what he wanted, but apparently my mom did not... Right. ...want the same thing. Wow, that's interesting. 
Yeah. So when you moved back, did you live with your mom or live with your dad? Nope. We live with my mom. Uh, when I came back, uh, I had three little brothers. Okay. My mom was already on to a new, you know, on to a new life. And I had three little brothers. Wow. Um, that, it, was, that were living in the house yeah. that mm -hmm. you now lived in. Right. Wow. Yeah. And this was in L.A., actually by Echo Park. Yeah, off of uh, Union Avenue. That was our next house. Dang. You know, so ended up going to, uh, uh, gosh, uh, I don't remember the, the elementary school there. Did you speak English? No. The very first, the only English word that I knew, I knew two, was Hershey's and M&M's. That's pretty funny. That's it. <laughs> That's that was amazing. it. I did not know wow. one so word of English. So what was that like going to school and you couldn't, you didn't speak the language? You know what? I don't know. I don't remember it. I just remembered that, you know, I didn't know English mm -hmm. and I learned it as I, um, as I, uh, I guess as I was going to school. So you just put you in a school and you're just, a, you're just listening to a teacher speak English all mm -hmm. day. They, all day. You, you. There yeah, wasn't it's some crazy. Class yeah, it's really crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You got so. any memories of like, I mean, what was it like adapting to kids and trying to meet kids, or did you pretty much just hang out with Auntie Caroline? Because Auntie Caroline's older than you. Yeah. Right. Uncle Ron. So we're all like uh, three years apart. Mm -hmm. uh, no, we kind of just, um, you know, I just remember my mom. We were kind of like. I don't know. I remember my mom um, struggling. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I wouldn't call it struggle then. I just remembered us going from, you know, one house to the next house. And I remember my mom having to, like she didn't, um, you know, the, the father of my, um, my three little brothers, yep. uh, Franklin, Ernie, and Roger, um, they they never married. Okay. They never got married. So he was a lot younger, right? Yeah, and there was there was constant there was constant battle between between them. So we were we would moved. Because how old how old was he? He was young. Yeah. Yeah, my mom she was, was uh, a cradle. Yeah, she was like thirty five okay. or so, and she ended up being uh, marrying or you know. Getting knocked up. Yeah, by some 17-year-old or 18-year-old dude. Yeah. That's crazy. It is Lola. crazy. Until this day, my mom only checks out young wow. studs. <laughs> you know, so. Um, that is funny. It's funny. It is funny, but it was. Uh, so what I remember growing up, uh, I remember growing up in different homes. And I remember growing up with. Um, my mom always working, my mom getting married a couple of other times really to support us. Interesting. We were always on, you know, I didn't know it then, but this thing called welfare. Yeah. We had food stamps. I remember the, the big old blocks of butter and the blocks of yeah. cheese and just food stamps when food stamps were... Nowadays, it's EBT, mm. but then it was like literally like they were like paper money. Right. Um, so 
I just remembered my mom constantly working. And then I also remembered my mom. My mom had to marry. Literally, she married f to help others get their green card. Wow. So she married like maybe three or four times. She'd get like 10 Gs for that or something? Yeah, she would get. But the crazy part was while she was, you know, marrying somebody to help them get their, their citizenship, of course, this helped us, you know, this helped put food on the table and a, a roof over our head that they had to live with us. Wow. And um, so there was some abuse growing up. Um, and then um, I just remember my mom having to always struggle in between. Um, I remember growing up uh, one of the places we lived. So we went from Echo Park to living in uh in the projects. Mm. Which projects? Um, back then, it was called Aliso Village. Okay. Yeah, that was like, it was. Uh, again, I didn't know any. I didn't know any better. You know, I didn't know it was bad. I didn't know it was rough. It's just what was. Is what it was. What it was, and yeah. um, you know, I had great memories there. Actually, as in school with my friends, did I have great memories with uh, family members? Um, you know, the, the men that my mom would get involved with, uh, no, that was rough. That was rough. And, um, but you could, I don't know, for some reason, I, my temperament was, um, that happy go lucky type of a person. Right. Like you would never, that was my mask. Like you would never know that there was anything wrong. Yeah. Wow. Um, so we went from living in the projects and, and it's crazy because we all lived with my mom in the projects and this is Aliso village, Boyle Heights. This was the, was you know, the it was infested with gangs. Yeah. And again, I didn't know gangs were my friends. I mean, I joke about it all the time, but I had friends. I mean, it's so funny cause I had, I was, I, we, I had friends and I mean, I was friends with people from Crips, yeah, Bloods, uh, uh, Frogtown. There was what they called Quattro Flats or whatever. It, it's all every kind of gang. That was what was in that in the projects. What was the craziest thing you remember seeing growing up? Oh, the worst was when our in in our same my neighbor was my best friend. Mm -hmm. um, their house burnt down during Christmas. And I remember um, it was f because, you know, those homes back then, uh, I guess there were those uh, lead paint. Mm -hmm. And anyways, their something, their water heater or something blew up. And it was two days before Christmas. Wow. And um, they had to throw all the... Uh, you know, back then was my friend. <sighs> so funny. Um, the whole family burnt down. And they all and died? Two, yeah, except for two of the kids that were thrown out the window. Wow. And my mom had to describe the kids. Um, and those were our best friends. Wow. It was, uh, you Aren't know, a black family. Connected yeah, we were all connected. So we were right next door. Our house could have burnt down. And their but we unit were, just. It was uh, their unit that blew up. So two kids. Yeah. And But two kids survived? Only two kids, yeah. 
and it's really weird because I saw one of the kid um, two years ago. Uh, I saw him getting interviewed. He was one of the Skid Row people. Um, two years ago from now, today? Yeah, two really? years ago. I saw him. Like, they were interviewing him, and he lived on Skid Row. Wow. And it was in, on the news. I saw him on the news, and he was talking, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's Kim. That's Kim Shepard, and he lived right next door to us. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, so it was Jeez. pretty crazy. Oh, whoo, that was, that was tough. Man. Yeah. So that's probably the hardest. That one was the roughest, but, you know, it was really your, weird. your teenage years, didn't Auntie Caroline get into some pretty oh, crazy yeah, my trouble? Sister, yeah, my, I saw my brother get beat up in the... In the staircases uh-huh. by a gang member, you know, with the bat. They beat him up with a bat, and he just came home all bloody. Dang. My which sister, which, who, which and this uncle? is, mind you, my Uncle, Ru- uncle Rudy. Man. Mind you, um, my uh, my mom, we were latchkey kids. Mm-hmm. We took care of each other. My right. mom was constantly working. Because there's seven of you now. There's, there's seven of us all living. Four, yeah, and then the new ones. Yeah. Uncle Roger, who was the baby of that group, mm-hmm. right? Uncle Franklin, who was the middle, and then Uncle Ernie, the oldest of the new three? Um, or is Uncle Franklin the Uncle oldest? Uncle Franklin's the oldest. Uncle Franklin's the of oldest. Of them. Yeah. Wow. So then I, I remember another time we were at home and... But, but how cool looking at now, just to give everybody some perspective, right? You're the baby, mm-hmm. right? Well, really, Uncle I Roger... I was the middle. Uncle Roger yeah. was the new baby yeah. who has become... An extraordinary music teacher. Oh, I mean, he's he awesome. takes yeah. his entire, he just finished taking his entire class, some 25, 30 students on a trip throughout mm-hmm. Europe. Yep. Right? Uncle, that's my Uncle Roger. Incredible. Yep. He has um, three kids that he's adopted, mm-hmm. and they're just a beautiful family with my Auntie yeah. Christine, and they were actually uh, marriage counselors to Alana and I. Yeah. Right? And then you go on to Uncle Ernie who, you know, was, was a it? police officer mm-hmm. and then went through what he went through getting shot and had yeah. to leave the But he became the, an the amazing force, teacher. Became yeah. an incredible teacher to really um, at-risk at kids. Mm-hmm. And my sister, who's who has her doctorate, doing the same thing. Um, you know, my brother Franklin, he's a pretty successful um you know, uh, mortgage guy. Um, Very successful. Mm-hmm. 99, yeah. are you kidding me? Uncle Frank... No, not ninety nine. Oh four before the before the recession, he bought a Lambo oh, and yeah. a Ferrari in yeah. the same month. Yeah. Never let me drive either one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That's the thing that I always say is like, wow. Considering how we grew up, look at you guys. We were really we were highly favored. Wow. You know, I tell I tell you know the team that all the time. How you know each one of you are highly favored, and um, we were definitely. God had his hand on us in spite of how my parents were. That's amazing. You know, and maybe it has a lot to do with. So I lived with my mom in the projects, Mm -hmm. you know, and my dad lived in City Terrace. My dad had his own house. Is that the house that was by McDonald's? Mm -hmm. Off of uh, what, Atlantic? It's no, it's off of City Terrace. It's Eastern Avenue. And Helen Drive, right wow. up there. Yeah. You need to go back to that area. Yeah. You get downtown views from that area now. I <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so, you know, I never, um, it was really strange how one by one, everybody, you know, 
the kids that my dad had, the four of us, one by one, everybody started moving out, mm. you know, from my mom because it was it was kind of crazy. Who moved out first? Uncle Rudy? Uncle Rudy. Yeah. Went to go live with my dad. Okay. So he was about, you know, 17, 18. I guess, you know, the pressures of, you know, taking care of us was too much. He pretty much took care of all of us. My mom left it up to him. And, wow. Um, so that was too much. And, and then, what was your dad doing for work? My dad actually worked as a, uh, he worked at the L.A. Hos- Los Angeles Hospital. Um and he was a uh, he was a busboy or or something like that. Interesting. Yeah, and wow. he he did all the uh, in the nutritional in the cafeteria. Yep. And but he saved. Uh, my dad was so wise. You know, my dad would sit with us anyway. So we would see. I would see my dad like every. You know, he had his. We had our visitations with him. So I would see my dad every every Monday. Okay. We would, I would, you know, visit with my dad, and every Monday, my dad would take us to the Filipino movie in L.A. in downtown L.A. I'm not sure if it's still there, but it was like the Linda Lee or really? something like that theater. Every Monday to just keep us, you know, to keep the Filipino uh, culture culture in yeah. front of us. And then um, I always remember remembered my dad sitting down with us and talking about money mm. you know how to wow. ca- how to save money and you know this he is how much house in yeah Terrace. he did it's yeah amazing. my mom had it made with my dad but for some reason my mom that wasn't my mom's cup of tea yeah. my dad was older my mom uh, married my dad when he was 45 and she was like in her 20s so but my and dad she would did always the opposite Yep, she went she, and did then the when she was 37, yeah. she yeah. married 17. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So now let's fast forward over to your junior high years. Did you ever move into City Terrace full time with your dad? How yeah. old were you when you did that? I was like 13. Okay, so 13. 13. Now you know English well. Yeah. Right? You're hanging. What's life like as a teenager in City Terrace? Um, it was pre- it was pretty again, it was pretty normal. You know, I was I was your I was a pretty, you know, popular kid in school. Um you know, I I hung out obviously obviously. I say obviously like, you know, supposedly I was supposed to be super smart. But I was with the gifted kids and um you know, I was part of the the popular group in, you know, junior high school and and uh high school. It was a different thing because I I I couldn't handle being with my mom. Right. And um, I finally just, I had to move with my dad. Something, mm. I needed something more stable. Yeah. And I felt bad because, you know, my, my three little brothers again, you know, now they're left. And so they stayed there in the projects. Yeah, they stayed yeah. there in the projects while I moved. I mean, City Terrace wasn't too far from Aliso Village. Right. You, so. you know, it's interesting. I think we develop a lot of who we are from zero to eight, Mm. I found right Mm. like when you're by the time you're eight you've developed so much of who you are so that's interesting you grew up in the Philippines right but then I then there's this other new period called like 10 to 15 where you're starting to find your interests and what you're good at what was your first I guess win like where you're like whoa I'm succeeding because right I feel like around at least with my own kids and now Eli's 17 that's where they start to really seek out hobbies and things like that do you remember your first sign of like 
your your first win, whether it was running or swimming or math or whatever. What were what, what was your first sign that you're like, wow, I just succeeded? Uh, probably in high school, I got involved in sports. You know, I was in the uh, on the tennis team. Hmm. Uh, we were champions for you know in high school. Uh, we had a good. I was also on the badminton team. So, being part of a team and knowing what you're good at that really helped me. Yeah, you know that really helped me out. But I think more than anything, um, I think what really saved me, or you know. Probably a lot of like my foundation came from church. Really? Yeah. When I got involved in, um, I mean, we were always involved in church in some kind of church. My mom went went from, my mom went from being a Jehovah Witness to a Buddhist to Pentecostal to you know a fundamentalist to Baptist to everything. So we were exposed, but there was a period in my life when from, I'm going to say from the time I was 16, Mm -hmm. that was really weird because in that period, that's where I met your dad. So 16, like 15 to 16, right? (laughs) Right in there. I was part of a a youth group. The devil was like, hold up. (laughs) I was part of a youth group in this, you know, in this Christian church where I really found my space. I found where who I was. I started to get to know who God was. Um, so I had, that really saved me. When I, I, I would have to say I got saved when I was about 16. Wow. So where that were you? Do you remember through, when you got saved? Um, I was... Was it like at a Bible study or how did it happen? Well, I got, I think I got saved so many times because, because of the different, you know, Things every that my time mom, your mom, yeah, every time, you had to get yeah. Saved again. But I, I would say that uh, the Good Shepherd Church, that's with, uh, that's in, uh, that was out in, uh, I think in, in Whittier, that was our first. That was probably my first experience of really knowing that you know there, there's a God. Wow, there is a God. So and you get, you get saved. You're around 16. What grade are you in then? 10th, 11th? Yeah, I think I was like. Uh, must have been 10th grade. So what year, what grade did you meet my dad? A uh, couple years into it. it was. I was 16, 17 in high school. I was your ultimate, like, every child. Because you were the chi- good one. I was the good Caroline one. was a little bit of a troublemaker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All of, we, I mean, we kind of were all in the same, you know, but in the same situation where we were kind of one foot in, one foot out. But we were all going to church. But yeah, everybody was um, pretty much, you know, like my brother was always, there was always weed, you know, like. Marijuana? Yeah, yeah the whole, like in, in the Marijuana? project. Marijuana? Yeah, there was, uh, so, you know, my sister, you know, she, my sister was like a chain smoker. I remember Damn, her. Like, she was cool. Yeah. Right? It she was, was the crazy. Cool one. You yeah. were the goody goody. Yep, I was your you, good girl. But you were influenced. Yeah. So when, what was your first experience with the marijuana oh gosh um let's see it was it was actually in high school i remember Mother. telling my uh my best friend let let letty i know letty yeah so uh it was after i won uh i just we had just won our tennis our, our tennis tournament and she had just won her her uh track meet oh snap and so we were in high school and i remember I was living with my dad now. I was going to Wilson okay. High School. 
And we said, we have to try it. You know, we have <laughs> to try this one time. And I remember we, uh, uh, we got the guy that, you know, we knew who, who was selling it in school. And so we, we tried it. We went home. I mean, we smoked. And then I swear that was the longest and most funniest walk home. And we ended up at McDonald's, which was right across the street from my house because I didn't want to walk into my house, you know, pretty buzz. Uh, because I saw my brother and I was going to get in trouble if we walked in. So um, we went to McDonald's and I remember eating McDonald's. I, I felt like I ate three Big Macs and like a large order of fries <laughs> and it just would not stop. The, wow. the, and then I remember us just uh, walking up to our house and I'm like, how are we going to, we were just laughing and it lasted for so long. We just hid in our, in my room and that was probably my, my first time. Wow. Yeah. And did it become a consistent thing after no. that? Or no, I, like, okay. I've never been one to. Looking back, I just know that I'll try anything once. Well, gee whiz. <laughs> Wish that rubbed off on your son. I'll try anything <laughs> once. So, you know, I, I did it once in a few. I just didn't like that feeling of, uh, Hope of Eli not being in control. Of not being in control. So. Yeah. That was crazy. Wow. But, um, yeah, so, you know, I, I'm going to church. I'm going to school. And, and, you know, high school was really cool. And meeting, you know, I mean, I was your typical high school girl that would, you know, have heartbreaks and cry and just uh, thought I knew everything about life. Yeah. You know, at that point. But um, the thing that probably uh, really kept me probably grounded me was church okay that's yeah good. i was a super christian and it was really weird because um i met your dad so i was this girl right i was this girl that everybody in church would have loved for their son to be right. married to yeah right i was that girl and you start dating the only satan worshiper in the school i yeah. And, <laughs> and so your dad is like, you know, he comes around and he's Were you guys this, in the same grade? Yeah. Supposedly, you know, your dad. Did you guys always, go to, both go to Wilson? Yep. Okay. That was one of the many schools that he went to. So you're in the same grade. And how did you and guys he, meet? Um, he just sits. He's sitting behind me in English. So what year is this? Um, you're born in 60. So now you're 15. This so this is, is 1975 or something like that? Um, let me see. 70. My I graduated nineteen seventy nine from high school, so like it must have been like seventy seven. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's and the year he, Jonas was born. Yeah. So Dang. he he um. So it's nineteen seventy seven. Like, what's the music like? What are you listening to? Well, I was your Christian girl, okay. so I well, listened to brother? praise music. What was your brother music. and sister listening to? Um, they were listening to Pink Floyd. They were listening to Santana. And they like were, right when the album know, dropped, like yo, your that dad, Pink Floyd. Your dad was listening to, um, shoot, he always had black concert t-shirts on. And I can't even remember. Do you remember your the, first concert? Um, what was my first? Yeah, Janet. Janet, Janet Jackson. Jackson? Huh. How old were you? Uh, probably my 20s. Oh, so you didn't go to a... No, I, didn't, I wasn't a concert person. No. All right, so dad's sitting behind you, and then what happens? And he, he just taps me on my, on my shoulder... And he's like, hey, tricks are for kids. And I'm like, what? Wow. That's <laughs> I'm like, his who line? is this guy? 
And he's like, hey, can I copy your homework? Can well, I copy some of... Th- and I just turned around and I looked at him and I'm like, stop it, you're weird. You know? Yeah. And, and then he just followed us around. And I literally, I still, I wish I still have that, had that picture, but he was a photographer. Yeah. He always had a camera on his thing. So he said, hey, I'm doing this project. Do you mind oh. if I take pictures of you? <laughs> KP knows that one. So KP met his wife. Leo, I'm doing yeah, this so project I'm like, trick. Okay, so he there's, literally there's, there's takes Instagram a picture photographers of me. these days doing great yeah. with the, with that line. So I'm just thinking to myself. So what do you, you say? Know, You're like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, it was me and my girlfriend. So he says, I, I need to take a picture. You know, would you mind? And he, it was so dumb because I sat on top. He made me stand on this bench and I'm holding my Bible in my hand. Oh, my God. And I have this picture. And I, I seriously still have that picture somewhere. That's um, incredible. And then next thing you know, I'm hopping on a bike, ditching class with him. And, a motorcycle. Uh, on a motorcycle that I, that he, you know, I, I had no idea that yeah. it wasn't his, but he hotwired it. Wow. And next thing you know, we're going through UCLA. I think it was, uh, yeah, UCLA in Monterey Park. The and UCLA then, campus? Yeah. On a stolen motorcycle? Stolen motorcycle because Dad we were going. Mind. Because we were going to go to his brother's house. Wow. Which was another story. Yeah. Next thing you know, I mean, I walk into his brother's house, and this place was just, it was like a stoner's. Yeah, that's Uncle Mark, Yeah, it was like a stoner's den. Wow. It was crazy. It was just like, and then, you know, you would think that by, by, I don't, and I look back, and I'm like, how did I continue this relationship? Why do you think you did? (sighs) Because I think because of some of the stuff, I know it's not because looking back now, I know that I stayed with him because uh, because of some of the stuff that I only Mm. know about myself that had happened to me, that he was that's that that's how I valued valued myself, that this guy was 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 good enough for me because yeah. of what I went through. As wow. a, like I, I could not see myself with anybody better than uh, when really he was, he was not a good person. Yeah. <laughs> but know? because of what you had yeah. gone through, some of the abuse that you had went through at a young age, yeah. you weren't deserving of somebody yeah. better than that. Yeah. And I went through it that, and that's what kept me staying with him wow. for like 19 years. That's crazy. You know? And I just, until one day, you know, I just woke up and I just said, you know what? I chose, I chose this. Yeah. I chose it. So based before on, we get on, there. Based on how I valued, I valued myself. Yeah. I, I had a lot of masks growing up. Right. I hid in this friendly, you know, I had a, I had a mask. Because Everybody I mean, knew me age, as. Well, and you never really deal with it, right? It's not like you went no, to therapy. No. Right? It's mm-hmm. not like, did you ever tell anybody about the abuse you went through or anything um, like that? I, I think I tried uh, with my mom. Mm. And, um, but not really. No, I hit yeah. it. I hit it for a long time. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It didn't hit me until I was probably uh, after I had Quinn. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so 
um, crucial for people to really share where they are, th- where they are authentically are. Because yeah. you don't know it unless you verbalize it or write it down or tell somebody. You know, whether it's depression or or guilt or a feeling of worthlessness yeah. or. But you don't even know that you're going through it. Maybe you don't know that you're going through it, but you know you feel a certain way. And I think it's important for people to seek out people that they can trust to 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 express how they feel. For sure. You know, Um, because we we're in we live in this world, right, where we're it's all about the highlight reel. We're only showing people what's awesome. Yeah. And we're not it's not you know, it's not normal to be able to say like, hey, this is. You know, but I, I think it's a beautiful thing if you can truly be authentic about where you're at and how you feel in times that it that, that it's not just the good. Yeah. You know, because how else do you break through break through from it? Yeah, I mean, because I look back all the time and I'm going, wow, you know, the choices I made. Crazy. Yeah, and then you always say that it's because of this and it's because of that. Well, yeah. no, you made a choice. Wow. And it's a choice you make based on how you value who you are. Wow. That's why it's so important to know who you are, to yeah, tap into good. that. You're right. You know, to really, that's that's finding your your authentic self. Well, and how do we, how do we generally determine who we are? It's by our past. That's what we do. Yeah. So we go through things, whether it's abuse or failure or whatever, and you then say, well, that's who I am. Right. It's not common for us to let go of who we were in the past and go to the future and work our way backwards. But I think anybody that's truly broken through, especially coming from a dark past, they had to develop that ability to know that who they've been in the past is not who they They are are today. Right. There is something greater that I'm destined for. Exactly. In order to do that, though. You have to. You have to face it. You, you have, have to, to face, face it, it. You right? Have to because face if, you, if you don't yeah. face it, then you're really just building you have to a mansion it. on quicksand. For sure, you have to own it. Um, you know, so move moving forward. You know, I end up making this choice. I mean, I I had dreams of being my goal when I was in in school was to be a, uh, I wanted to work with um, special kids. Mm. You know, I wanted to oh, do, end up have, I ended that, up having my own out. set of my, special I, That's what case, kids. my case team is. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so. Um, and you had three special kids of your own. I had three special kids on my own. So let's get yeah, there. I mean, yeah. how old were you? You get, what, you, you and uh, da- did you and dad, you and dad graduate together? No, your dad was a, a hopper. Okay, he went so. from school to school and. Um, you graduate from Wilson. Have. Yep. What year did you graduate? Seventy nine. You graduate in seventy nine, and Dad is wherever. Yeah, he's. Like, I think he's at Garfield High School. He's at, at that Garfield. Time. Okay, and then where yeah. were you when? Um, and you and Dad are dating, right? What are some of those memories like? Um, <laughs> looking back now, it's it's kind of like the same how it was in in, in marriage because I mean, um. It was really weird. He had he had a couple of lives. Really? He had like he had separate lives. Dang. Looking back now, yeah. I thought I was it. I mean, I thought I was it the whole the whole entire time and um he had a way of uh, I mean, cuz he had his own demons that he was battling right. with, you know, the way he grew up. 
And, you know, looking back now, I'm like, wow. Um, but they could probably yeah. hide a lot easier back then. There was no social media. No. Nope. Yeah, for sure. No cell phones. None. Dang. Yeah. You have um, an entire family. Nobody even know. Yeah. That was your dad, though. Yeah. <laughs> that was your dad. Wow. And so it was uh, crazy because, you know, I I got involved with him. And actually, it was really weird because, you know, um, there was there was two two guys. So you had two, too. Well, no, I didn't have two at the same okay. time. It was more like um, I really, really, really liked this other this guy. Other dude. And um, was he a good guy? Yeah. You remember, <laughs> you remember his name? Oh, yeah. that guy. Yeah. Wow. This is the guy that I really, really liked. And I was so in love with and um and then what had happened was uh i don't know what happened i guess he didn't really pay that much attention to me or mm-hmm. he, he wasn't feeling the same way at the same time um because he had goals you know he wanted to finish school yeah. and he didn't want to have a girlfriend yeah but you know had i had he communicated that you know he cared for me i don't think i would have left myself open mm-hmm. to having a relationship with your dad because your dad i swear to you your dad was a charmer yeah your dad was just like he made things he went from being like a total stoner rocker to like all of a sudden he he comes back like i met him in the 10th grade and i didn't see him again until senior wow so he was like he comes back as like John Travolta. Really? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Like, how? <laughs> like he was a dancer. He really? was in dance contests. You can ask your auntie. Didn't he have a pretty cool car too? Oh yeah, he was into cars. This guy knew everything. He can pull apart and take up. He was a genius. Yeah, I have to he say, really was. he was what we would call a savant, a human savant. Yeah. And that is, and it's so sad that he en- it ended up his life ended up the way it was but he was a genius kind of like how you would imagine grandpa was right that's how he was wow. he can he was he he knew how to take uh classic cars he was into mgc's yeah and he could take it apart and i remember you know one of the first times that you know he uh, showed me his cars he had all the parts laid out on the on the um it was at grandpa's house on, on camulos and my one of the first times that you know we got back together in the senior year he showed me his car and and all i saw were like bolts all it was like from it started from the big bolts to the smallest bolts all lined up wow like like perfect and i was supposed to and i was like i had no idea so i was like um okay this is cool yeah it's like this check this out check out my engine and wow but he was a master at it. He he could put together a car with his eyes closed. So That's awesome. he was a crazy driver. So um, you guys get back together around senior year. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I thought I was the only one. But during this whole time, um, you know, he he had he had another girlfriend mm. who was actually living with him at Grandpa's house. Dang. I had no idea. Wow. He had a great way of. I had no idea about a lot of things. Yeah moving forward about him right he just had a way of justifying everything and then um i didn't see him again i left for the philippines and um he went into the service okay he went into the navy 
And then he actually like tried to find me when I was in the Philippines. Really? So he had his I, like I don't understand like why would you go out of your way to like yeah. look for me? Well, so I he had these he had these ways to woo me back, and because he was so smart and interesting, that's what kept me to him too. Well, I think at the at at the end, you know, Dad, uh, with my grandfather being, you yeah, know, Dad was an altar boy, and although he had his own demons. I know deep down he was also seeking a relationship yeah, with God. He was trying sure. to. He was trying. You know, but and you probably represented that. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Who I mean, knows who this other hood rat well, was you that know was what? living there. Well I you know what and that was funny because that's how that's probably what kept me staying in yeah. the relationship with him. That's how I justified it. When so then what happens was what happened after that is I'm going to college now. I come back, come from, the back from the Philippines. He's in the service. I'm going to college. I'm doing my thing. I'm, I'm going to Pasadena City College. You know, I'm getting my you know, I'm trying to get my degree in education. And then he pops back in. He wow. comes back. I, I, I see it clearly because I'm sitting on my on my dad's porch. And here he comes and he's begging me. He's begging me to come back. Wow. He's begging me to, you know, and he, he did everything. Like, he went to church with me. Wow. He See? said he'll do everything. He's trying. Yeah. And then, you know, then I fell. Yeah. <laughs> went to go see a Superman movie, and next thing you know, I'm I'm having you. So, you <laughs> <laughs> that's how it happened. <laughs> wow, great story. Yeah. <laughs> it wow. was just those things, you know, so you, you know, you fall. So how old were you when you in were that pregnant? In that when I was uh, 20. 20 years old. Man. And so you're in college. Dad's hustling, doing whatever. What was he doing for work? Hustling. Yeah, yeah. he was legit. He hustling. actually worked for uh, clothing companies. Really? At that time. Huh. For, I did not know it's that. It's called like the factory in downtown LA. Really? It was really one of those. It was like this. It would be like what LRG was yeah. back then. That's insane. It was like the hottest uh, clothing line. And it was the factory. Yeah, the factory. Crazy. Yeah. So it's he, the you guys are hanging out. He takes you to see Superman. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're pregnant. And next thing you know, I'm pregnant. How scary. And were you? well, the worst part was I was so involved in my church. Oh man. So and so he and I and I knew like that I didn't have to marry him. Right. I actually didn't want to marry him. Yeah. I did not want to marry him, but at that time I was going to a fundamentalist church. And again, I was like your girl there that nobody would ever know that this could happen to um he had to come up on go before the church and ask for forgiveness and mm. I, I had like the scarlet letter you know on me for that and, oh that's right because um, you I were pregnant to... when you got married with me yeah i yeah. mean you were yeah you were pregnant when you and dad got married yep yeah. when i walked down the aisle do you remember that when we were at the ritz carlton <laughs> We got married at the Huntington uh, Library, the Ritz-Carlton, Pasadena. Wow. But you were in my tummy. That's insane. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So and we did the whole, you know, perfect wedding. Um, I don't know how he came up with what he came up with, with the money thing, but he made promises. He, he promised I me. Mean, damn, you guys got married at the Ritz. Yeah. You're 20 we, years old. Dad's yeah. about 19, 20 also. Yeah. I yeah. had like 19 couples. We had everything. And okay, I should have known then that this was not going to go right. The night of our wedding, that's when for some, we had, we had phones. Actually, we had those old cell phones. Really? The night kind of uh, at our wedding, at our wedding reception, 
was probably five or six of his ex-girlfriends. Really? Yeah. Or (laughs) girlfriends, probably. Yeah. Looking back now. Right. You know, I remember one of them named Bubbles. Bubbles, huh? (laughs) Bubbles, you And I should have, and you know, but because I was, I had this thing in my head that like, if I'm going to get married, I'm going to get married forever. Yeah. There is no way I'm going to have a divorce. Like, and then I I compared myself to my mother. Mm. Like, there was no way I was going to get divorced. Right. With this. This is for life. So I was in what we call the doing. Yeah. I wanted to do what was right, not not the not so I had no again, so I think I lost my my authentic self then. Mm. I started to lose myself in him and then I got into all the the way a marriage should be and and put that expectation on him and um I was in this box for a long time and my, I made my life all about him, like serving him, you know, just being that perfect wife, being that perfect mother. Uh, I did whatever I had to do. Now, why'd you guys move? Because I was born in Oakland, right? 1982. Mm-hmm. So why'd you guys move to Oakland? Because your dad had an opportunity to have a more, because he wanted to be more stable. Because mm. his jobs prior to that were just like jobs. Hustling. Because he was a photographer. Right. He did dance contests. You know, he would enter dance contests. Dance contests. And then he worked at the factory. So okay. when he finally, I think he, he made an attempt to be normal. Okay. So he had an opportunity to go work for his uncle, who was a... Um, a chiropractor? Mm. Actually, not a chiropractor, uh, an optometry. I actually worked for his uncle in the optometrist for a while, and then he had an opportunity to work with his other uncle who did awnings. Awnings. And, Crazy. Um, you know, so it was, prom- you know, they promised him that we'll, we'll help you. Yeah. So his family was there for him for a long time, so we moved to Oakland. And then even even then, you know, there were other, and I, I don't know, even then, while we were there, um, there were already other. Hoes. Yeah, Lulu, for instance. Oh, wow. Yeah. The, yeah. The, that first month, I, um, I took you home. <laughs> How would I describe it? I was married to him for about, you know, what, 18, 19 years. Yeah. I would say half of that. Every year, we were separated. Wow! Every six months. That's crazy. And it worked for him. No wonder when I was you look so about dysfunctional in my no, own No, when you look up, when you because I oh, I didn't want to give up. Yeah. But I wanted to like make a stand. Right. But it, it didn't work for him. It didn't work. Now I'm in the mix, right? So at least you have that going, yeah. and I'm super awesome, a beautiful genius oh, little you were baby. Awesome. Oh yeah. my gosh, <laughs> just incredible. So that's distracting you. And, um, no, actually, that's what, that's what, you know, kept me going. Yeah. You know, because I lost myself. I lost everything. I was, you know, you lose yourself when you, you do this. Like yeah. your, your, your real purpose, you really get caught up in it without you even knowing that that's what you're supposed to do. So, what's your advice to young females, right? Teenage, teenage females, women in general, right, for what, from what you've gone through, 
right? And what you learned, if you were to go back to your 17, 16, 17-year-old self, what, what advice would you tell that young girl? You know, when you get to 16, 17, I don't think you can, we don't take advice. Yeah. You can't give a teenager. At that point, you don't give advice at that age. Right. You start giving the advice right when they're, when they're young. Yeah. You start bonding. As parents, mm. for those of you that have parents that are young right now, you start educating or just bonding or just uh, you start making the connection to see each and every one of your kid or your child as somebody that's unique right and an individual and you don't put them in a box yeah you know and i think that's what worked with us is that i trusted you guys yeah you know yeah you did you let me move out when i was 13 i trusted you guys that was awesome thanks thanks for that mom (laughs) that was a lot of fun so you guys moved from the bay area to la in what year oh gosh let me see, 82, you were born. Um, so then it, we probably stayed in San Francisco, Oakland area for a year, yeah. less than a year. Oh, and then Arizona. No, we went to the, we lived at the cabin. Oh, in Big Bear. In That's Big right. Bear. Yeah. You, you didn't know it, but man, we lived in Big Bear where there was no, we used the hot stove. Wow. You know, and there was no electricity yeah. and it was cold. And I would be in that cabin with you. While your dad took off for the day. Interesting. And we would just go in the creek or, you know, because you were still so young. Right. So. um, Now, when did you start to see dad's paper game start to get a little crazy? Like where it was like, dang, this dude is bringing in some cash flow. It was really strange after that. Okay, so we went from Big Bear. Then we moved in with your dad. Right. I mean, with his dad. And then he, you know, I just... He again. He had a he had a way of of uh, laundering. I guess the money. Mm-hmm. I, I had no idea. Um, I just knew back. I would say you were. I'm gonna say um, seven years old. Uh huh. You know, it was about seven years old. It's when you saw Dad's money start to get. Pretty it was crazy. just we were always we lived in hotels. I think it was I was younger than that because Marina wasn't born yet marina was born when i was five or six right and yeah. i feel like there were photos at four or five years old of dad with like crazy cars yeah. and you guys were doing your you know crazy parties and penthouses and the 82. mondrian and yeah. all that 82 83 yep. yeah you're right yeah i remember taking you we would go clubbing with you when you were only like two years old that's pretty funny Three, at, it was called the spice club in hollywood wow that was like the... Hu- that was the that spot. Was like, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was like One Oak. Spice yeah, Club. We would, he would get into all the clubs and I would be I would really bummed if I was him. in a club and there was a two-year-old up in there. Nope, but your dad had a way. Your wow. dad just had a way of just... He was like everywhere we went. So I would just go along with it because that was my role. So I what, what do you way. remember of that time? Like where there, what, what was around? In that time when dad, dad's like core hustling years, what was that all about? Um, I didn't have to work. I, you know, he kind of pictured it like, and that was, that was important to me that Mm -hmm. I was able to, you know, spend time with you guys, raise, raise you. Um, uh, and yeah, Marina was just born at that time. 
and um, it was uh, it was still rough because I didn't really know what was going. Right. I I was suspicious that it wasn't all that he, um, he said everything was because again. You know, I was at that time. I was going to a very legalistic church, mm. so part of the thing is that you submit to your husband. Mm. So I was still trying to do all the. I was in the doing mode instead of the being mode of being a human. Yeah. Um, so I was just trying to do what was right, and even though I questioned it, and people were telling me something's not right, something's right. not right. Be careful! Be careful! Be careful! I always would go to Kevin. With all of those, yeah. I would always go to your dad with all of those concerns, and then he had a way of painting a picture that people are crazy and sure. they're just trying to, you know, they're trying to bring a man down. So for those listeners out there, my dad was definitely an underground entrepreneur. For sure, he was uh, heavy in the drug trafficking game. Really big time. Yeah, and when did yeah. when your dad get busted? Do you remember? No. It's so all it blank it, to me, man. Yeah. It was all, it was crazy. So Marina's born in 1988, my sister Marina, right? And mm-hmm. and through that season of 88 to 93, when did you you when did you start working on things yourself and and really start to to figure out what am I gonna do to take care of the kids on um, my own? Probably when Quinn was born. Yeah. So I feel like right 93 mm-hmm. when Quinn was born when I when he started working for. 24-hour fitness mm-hmm. and I started saying this is this is something's not right here yeah it, there was just too much um, we're living in Chino at that time mm-hmm. 90 1993 mm-hmm. thank God I found a skateboard or else who knows what I would have been doing at that time yeah. but and, and I don't know if you remember but we were we were together half the year yep. and we were separated yeah. half the year it was always fighting Always fighting. I we was lived, gone. And then I remember I remember when you got your own place for the first time. We got a studio apartment on Philadelphia and Oh yeah. Philadelphia yeah. and uh, Chino and Philadelphia. Yeah. Something Central's, like that. Yeah. Central and Philadelphia. Yeah. Yep. We had our own little box. S- little studio and it was the four was, of us in there. It was uh, my attempt at that time to finally just say, you know, I knew something was up. Yeah. Something it wasn't right. You know, wow. I mean, because he had already got busted prior to remember. Yeah. And then supposedly he was clean. Yep. And he was all. And then he get busted again. Something. Yeah. Happen. But he just painted a picture that now he works for the government. Uh huh. When really oh, yeah. it was a, a new <laughs> name right. for being. Um, he became uh, an informant. Yeah. So he had, you know, it was crazy because looking back, I was really protected. I know that God was real in my life because we should have been shot. I mean, our, the whole family should have been taken away. Yeah. Because he had enemies. He had bit, He had enemies. That's so crazy. So and now, I, what shifts for you? Because actually, in that time, you had so many random jobs. I remember at one point, you were like doing I was whatever from, it takes. I was working from the time you were born. Yeah. I had to I mean, work. You were a clown at one point. I was a clown. With my best friend. I was like, let's do it. Th- yeah, it your fun. same friend yeah, that, that you were that you smoked weed with. Yep. Were yeah. you guys high when you came up with that idea? No, we weren't. It was actually <laughs> at Marina's first birthday party. Remember? Yeah. Your dad was there and I said, I ha- and I hired these clowns. And I'm like, what? what are you-? 
I just paid like three hundred dollars uh-huh. to get these two clowns. Yep. And it was the dumbest thing ever. And so I'm sitting there, and my girlfriend and I, and we just said, you know what, we can do this, and we did it. We were the we were so like in demand. What was it called? We be clowns. We, we be clowns. W e e b e e. We be clowns. <laughs> it was so you fun. Start that to, business back know, up. It'd be huge. It was Kill really. It. it was a really good. I mean, the way we did it, we made it worth. You it was know, good. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, but I did everything I can to keep because your dad. Okay, so then after he was, uh, he was taken in, and he was in prison. I'm sure mm-hmm. you remember those times where mm-hmm. we would have conjugal visits. Yep. Um, but when he came out again, so, you know, we had moved out. I think that was, uh, in 93 mm-hmm. when Quinn was only six months yeah. old, he was still in diapers. So what shifted for you, right? How did you start to, to get on your feet and say, you know what, I'm, I, what what was the turning point like? Did you um, get exposed to something? What shifted no, when yeah, you said, "All right, that's yeah, it"? That was when I finally your dad attempted one more time mm-hmm. to try to um, get me back, mm-hmm. and again I was falling for it, and um, I decided to spend the night. I don't know if you were there that night and Rancho Cucamonga. Okay. He was staying. He, he oh, was yeah. living in Rancho. So at this point, yeah. we're we're now ninety six. Yeah. Yeah. Probably 90, was it 96? 96. No, 95. Yeah, something like that. Or maybe 95. Yeah. 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 Quinny was uh, maybe three. Yep. Yeah. Um, I said, okay, you know, I, I fell for it again and I decided to spend the night. And, um, and you know, the whole time, it's really funny because I have my journal and I could see my, I, I, my journal is so sad because I'm constantly praying. I'm constantly praying. I mean, I'm like crying out to God saying, please show me the way. Because mm-hmm. this isn't, I'm sure this was not the life that you chose for me. Right. And it's funny because I literally said that when, when at the end of, you know, well, now looking back, it wasn't the life that God chose for me. I chose it. Mm. Something. So until I got to that point where, anyway, so I was praying to God and I was saying, God, please help me. He's doing it again. If you need to, sh- you need to come down here. You need to really reveal yourself to me and let me know that this isn't, I don't have to do this. Right. Right. I don't have to do this. So it was funny because everybody and all his friends were telling me he's messing around. Sure. He's messing around and he's back into the game. And I'm like, no, 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 because I, you know, because I would always confront Kevin and your dad would always say, you're crazy. Right. You know, what's wrong with you after all I've done, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. You know, I want to grow old together and I want to, you know, talk to our grandkids. And and so that would win me over. Right. Just those, just him. So my thing was, unless I see it with my own eyes, mm. that he's really not who he says he is then that's my answer yeah and so i remember that night asking god like this is happening again i'm gonna spend the night i'm gonna stay here and um but i don't i need i need an answer right so god is god was really god gave me what i wanted i was asking the right questions yeah you know to god and um i woke up in the middle of the night and sure enough 
There was. Your dad was with with another person. He brought another girl into the house? While I was asleep, yeah. Dang. Well, supposedly it was his assistant, uh-huh. and they were working on the books. Oh, sure. Of uh, He had the team meeting, the 24-hour fitness right. team meeting. And I walk outside, and there's like a big, bu- there's like cases, a case of Corona and uh-huh. vodka all emptied out all over. And I just went to the restroom, and there it was. Wow. And it was the most, ex- it was the it was the hardest thing to, to, it was like a stab in my back. But at the same time, I felt so freed. Yeah. And it was the funniest go. part was your dad comes out, right? This is how he is. He comes out in a robe. I mean, a towel around him, inebriated. And he points at me and he says to me, I can't believe you're focusing on the incidental. <laughs> He says this to me, and I'm like, wow, I never cursed in my life. I think every bad word came out of my mouth, and and that was it. I didn't turn back. Good for you, Mom. Yeah, never turned back. I had to see it, though. That was the funny part was I trusted him, and until I, no matter what anybody told me, I had to see it for myself. I remember that was around the time that I, for what, I didn't know all that that occurred, and Dad um, really painted a picture about you. And as you remember, I actually chose dad's oh, yeah. side. Oh, yeah. You hated me. Yeah. And so oh, I moved yeah. to Ohio. In that moment. Yeah. I moved to Ohio. And when, when I come back, you lived in Orange County. You had an awesome home. You had an amazing car. You were dating this new dude with great credit. <laughs> and uh, it was like, what the hell happened? Yeah. Um, um, honestly, I those steps were definitely ordained by God. Yeah. I prayed. I really did. Even though I, I didn't even know what, I just knew that the moment I left and I was going to take you guys. I mean, you as you guys know, it wasn't a piece of cake trying to get divorced from your dad. Yeah, that was horrible. It was horrible. And he tried everything to, 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 to destroy my life. Mm-hmm. Everything. From destroying the cars that I had, the places I lived. He would, he would come in and... Uh, get into the apartment and rip up all my clothes. Yeah. There was all sorts of uh, threats. Right. And he would get into my brain and yeah. he would get into my mind still. And um, it was really hard. Um, but, you know, everything from meeting uh, this girl named Sandra Hoover to my friend Anna. Anna, because um, I, I was homeless. When right. I left you guys, I had nowhere to turn. Yeah. And I didn't have any money, and so I had to start all over again. Yeah. You know, and this time, I knew that I wasn't going to get a penny mm. from your dad. That's for sure. And I probably, um, I made, you know, if there was anything I'm going to tell to anybody that's, you know, getting a separation from, you know, someone that's pretty crazy and um, know that they're not above the law right and I always for some reason I thought Kevin was above the law yeah because of also I didn't you know I made the big mistake of not going after him for child support because that wasn't my money that was money that was supposed to be for you guys yeah I probably could have struggled less had I gone with the law, mm. allowed the law to, to handle the child support end of it. Because so they'll come ladies, after him. Any ladies out there going yeah. through a separation, get that get that paper from your baby daddy. Yeah. I it's mean, you law. know, I mean, even though your dad twisted everything around, yeah. 
So I don't. He he just did a lot of crazy stuff. But all right. So let's shift gears. Dad's a scumbag. Was being a scumbag. You decide to do your own thing, right? You're single. You're on your own now because we're in Ohio living with Dad. And how do you get on your feet? You know, um, I I had the opportunity to uh, meet this one girl named Sandra Hoover. Mm -hmm. Um, and she led me to what we called uh, Bridge Builders at that yep. time, which was a Christian version of Landmark. Wow. So getting on my feet, the first step was having clarity of who I am. Yeah. So I was taught some principles on that. Right. And then from there, um, Sandra led me to work at Mike Ferry's. Okay. Um, and that's in Newport Beach, right? Right, and I had no. I and this was a sales job. I just needed a job. Yeah. So I was gonna do whatever it take. I had a piece of crap car that I didn't know was gonna make it from point A to whatever it was. It was the Volkswagen van. Oh, I don't know if you remember cool. that one. Yeah, too. It, too bad you don't still have that. That's actually that cool was, now. Yeah. I used to be pretty embarrassed when you were dri- dropping me off at school. But and it that was thing, orange but. and white. And it was the kind where you had the steering wheel was like in front of you. So I had that. And I just remembered going on an interview for this sales job in Newport Beach. Right. And I'm living at that time. You know, God blessed me with meeting a girl um, at one of these church like uh, exercise. It's one of these church Bible studies. Mm -hmm. And I met Anna who allowed me to stay in her house yeah you know um to help me watch you guys because by that time you guys were coming home right except you chose to live with your dad exactly and i but that's right when i came back from ohio uh it was maybe yeah six seven six because we were going back in in, in between Quinny was only like three years old yeah Quinny was only three years old i didn't know how i was going to you know, how was I supposed to find a job, find a babysitter, pay? I had no money. A little fun fact. I remember around that period in seventh grade, I got arrested for um, yeah. slanging. I had a very organized system of uh, nickels and dime bags because I had a girlfriend who uh, was in ASB at the time and gave me a separate locker. <laughs> so that's where I, I had my whole operation set up. It was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. That only lasted maybe three months. I, I, I never knew that. Well, one of the <laughs> um, rules from the Ten Crack Commandments is never get high off your own supply. And I would consistently break that rule. So I wasn't a very effective <laughs> drug dealer. Thank yeah, God. Could have learned that from your dad. All right. So um, you, start, you start getting a crack and you get this sales job. Yeah. Right. And how long before you earned your first six figures? You know, um, so I get in there, and that's when I start, when I first learned how to set goals Mm. with Matthew Ferry. They sat each one of us down, all the sales rep, every week. They would, every month, actually, we had a meeting with, um, at that time, Matthew Ferry was the manager, and he was so interested in my life. Wow. You know, he made... And, you know, he, he was very interested. Like, I, I felt it. Yeah. You know, and from him, um, so the money didn't come until my mind was cleared. Right. Until I knew, until I knew 
the principles of the seven equities. Okay. Uh, setting goals. I didn't know that you could do that. I didn't know that you can you can just ask. Yeah. And um, and then actually, what I did know that God will give you the desires of your heart mm. if you acknowledge Him. Interesting. So with that, but you mixed hadn't, with that, you, you hadn't ever. You knew that, but, but I you didn't never know the knew steps. how to actually create yeah, that. I didn't know how to do that. So, you know, man, we had um, being exposed in, in a real sense, you know, getting to know Mike Ferry. Mm -hmm. In spite of all the craziness, um, Mike Ferry uh, was the being part of the Mike Ferry organization was was kind of like a. It, it was definitely a godsend. So a that sense. this place that my mom's talking about, uh, it's like a real estate training company. So you get the job there. So basically, if you're a real estate agent from Coa Banker or Century 21 or Keller Williams, wherever, yeah. most of these places don't really show you how to sell real estate. Mm -hmm. And so my mom gets this job at this place that trains real estate agents how to actually sell. Yeah. And you get a not only do you get a sales job there, but you start getting trained. I had no idea that I was I had I could even sell. Yeah. And when you look back, selling is it's not even like um how, how would you say it because it's really selling is when you when you look at the 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 true way to really be successful you got to see yourself as it's it's really a contribution mm. you know so you started to realize that s true selling is being of service and being a contribution mm -hmm. to others yep that's awesome it's helping others it's helping other people find out what's important to them yeah and then you helping them achieve that that's so cool so, so how I long went before from, you became the uh, number one salesperson Oh, that took a while. It probably took about, what, three, four years? Okay. Uh, not necessarily the number one because I never really wanted to be the number one because of Tim. Sure. Tim Hansen was always the number one mm -hmm. person, and he was my friend. And for some reason, it didn't really matter to me that I was going to be number one. Right. I always had to just let the other guy. Yeah. I don't know. Again, that comes from childhood sure. You know, stuff. Um, but it was just more... Um, I think the coolest part was what I really got is the magic of writing things down yeah. because that that first few months that I was at Mike Ferry's, they paid me for 90 days. I got paid $1,500 a month, a month. So yeah. keep in mind, I'm going back and forth, right? Yeah. And then after 90 days, you're on straight commission. Okay. So I and you're was going like back and forth. You lived in Chino, Chino at that time. So you're driving yeah. from Chino in to Newport Beach. In someone's extra room. Wow. With all three of you. Sometimes all three of you when you would come over. Yeah. When, but most of the time you didn't. Um, but with Quinny and Marina and uh, I have to mention, you know, Anna, um, Anna and um, Al, they were heaven sent because if it wasn't for them walking, she didn't even charge me rent. Yeah. She did not charge me any kind of rent. She didn't what charge me for, for taking care of Quinn. Wow. While I was working, she made sure Marina was in school and I came home and, and at that same time. So I knew I also got certified as a Shiatsu therapist. Wow. You remember that? Yeah. When and we I would actually go to started rolling joints in Anna's bathroom before <laughs> school. Oh my gosh. 
Oh, but no. she didn't know that. <laughs> no, I didn't. All right, mom. So you're now rocking, right? Four years in, and it's like 98, 99, and all of a sudden, your life has shifted. Yeah. Right? I remember when we came back from Cincinnati, Ohio, and you now live in Orange County. You had your dream car. You had a Saab, right? And you're killing it. And it was so cool to see you. You know, you were a victim when I left uh, of dad. And when I came back from Ohio, mm-hmm. you were like a champion salesperson mm-hmm. making great money. But most of all, you were detached from dad, which yeah. was just like, wow. Because I took responsibility. I decided to separate myself from him. And I chose, I, and I remember saying, I have to be responsible. Yeah. I have to be responsible. I have to be responsible for all three of you. Now, talking about being responsible, a year later, I decide to take your life to the next level. You know, I'm 17, and (laughs) you're mid to late 30s, and I'm like, hey, you know what? My mom's doing great. Let's mix this thing up a bit. Time for you to be a grandma. Oh, no, no. Wait a minute. Before that, though, what was the reason why I had to have you work with me? Because you were out goofing around and not going to school oh yeah and you were working at baskin robbins yep and you needed a job no, i was you... working at a place called humphrey oh bogart okay and then remember i was working at the yogurt yeah. spot and i was still attempting to hustle never really effective at that yeah. type of hustling so then but you then needed I got a job. job at the um telemarketing company dolphin Co. oh yeah that's selling right timeshares yeah. and i was actually pretty good at it yeah And so, I don't know, for some reason it didn't work out, but I ended up hiring you um, to kind of keep you off the streets, too. Mm -hmm. Because you were always, you know, and I think we we lied as far as like... I uh, said I graduated. Yeah, and he was only... uh, Technically, he only asked if I finished school. Yeah. yeah, Well, that was... um, but at that time, I got you were my own hire mm-hmm. at that time. So you were working for me. I, yep. I kind of hired him as a, my prospector. And um, he was always, that is the one thing that you have to uh, remember when your dad, when you were only five, six years old, mm-hmm. the, the 24-hour fitness, yeah. he had you saying scripts. Yeah. Well, so you, you were really good at this. And um, you were getting paid with me. Yeah. You know, with your dad, he made you go out and pass those. Do you remember that? Yep, yeah. Yeah, we have to remember that. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty interesting. So my dad, when he got out of prison, he started managing a 24-hour fitness. Family and fitness at Family that time. fitness. Yeah, it was family fitness before. And so if, you ever, if you've ever gone inside like a Pizza Hut or wherever and you see these, win a free six-month membership, fill this thing out. Uh, my job after I think I was in third grade would be to go on my bike and go to like 10 different locations. I had the little key. I would take these pieces of paper out and then I'd go back to family fitness and he had a whole script for me to read, Ah. which was like, hey, uh, this is Kevin from family fitness and uh, you signed up for a free six month membership. You didn't win the six months, but you did get two weeks. Yeah. And then they'd say things like, oh, I was drunk when I filled that out. Oh, I don't really want that anymore. And I'd have the rebuttals for what mm-hmm. to say. And I'd say, oh, you don't want it anymore. I can understand that. Um, just curious. Your dad forced you to do that, yeah. though, right? Absolutely. Yeah. He yeah. made you do that. Yep. And then remember standing up in front of, like, his whole uh, awards 
ceremony or yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, I remember at the award ceremony, he paid me a hundred bucks. They every every year at this award ceremony, they have one of their top salespeople rehearse the new crazy script, and my dad got me that crazy script. And instead of one of the salespeople reading it, um, they had me read that script. Yeah. Which it was, was interesting. It was really crazy. And it's interesting, too, because I think that you're, that ended up becoming my gift. I didn't know that, the ability to sell and yeah. communicate. But it, I think it's interesting because if you're still trying to figure out what your gift is and you haven't found it yet, when you do find it, you're going to realize that it's actually always been with you. Right? It's kind of like my dude KP, our, our creative director over here, he created, you know, he makes everything that we're doing these days look cool. In Chicago, one of his first jobs, he was doing uh, airbrushing, right? Yeah. Like this idea of of creating things and making it look cool and capturing things has always been with him. And I think it's important as you're starting to seek out your career path, look for areas of your life where you actually succeeded and then simply consider, well, how can I make that work in my life now right you know rather than trying to do this whole other thing that you may not have skills at look for where you've actually shined because because god gave you those specific gifts and you've got to find them and commit to mastery yeah, yeah. and that just brings quinn to mind you know my son um my youngest quinn who, who's got like this heart of gold mm -hmm. he is so creative yeah he is so creative and do you remember him like when he was little he would take photos he I had a camera yeah he I had didn't a pay camera much attention to quinn <laughs> till he was 13 until yeah. quinn was our official dj for jonas and yeah. i at the flamingo house i didn't really pay that much attention he to was him. always good with the camera and he was always so funny he was always funny no. he was such a he had he has such style yeah. and so now and look at him now so awesome he's killing it with so awesome. uh you know with this uh company the fadeaway then, of course, my daughter. I got to bring Marina in. Yep. Look what's happened to her. So, you know, life, when I look back, right, when I look back and I think about, like, when I'm reading that journal, sometimes I'll read it just to, like, you know, just get some perspective. It was, a, even though it was struggle, I did, you know, there were moments where I had regrets. Mm. One of the regrets was allowing your dad to take you guys mm -hmm. when we were going through the divorce. You know, I especially for Quinn, I I to me I said this is a that was one of the biggest mistakes for me to have allowed Quinn to go live with his crazy right. dad and to because of all the stuff that he was going to get exposed yeah. to. Same thing with Marina. You know, then I had regrets. I would say, you know, in the beginning. Yeah. But now looking, you know, looking back and being present. Look at how you guys are now, yeah. you know, you being very successful and just really finding your true self. Right. Same thing with Marina. It's called being woke. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's what that's what I call it. That's like. So how could I regret it? Marina, so Marina is like what's a, being woke uh, all about. It's about being um, finding your 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 true passion finding your gift mm. knowing who you are finding your authentic self and living that out yeah and being being cool with it you being know? woke being woke what's up, mom. you gotta i mean my kids are woke 
Yeah, we are. <laughs> so I'm really blessed. And so, and so it's how crazy can I not, how can I have regrets? Yeah. I have no regrets to this day. Because it couldn't have happened any other way. Right? I know I wouldn't appreciate the life that I have now had I not visited dad in all those years in prison. Had we not um, lived on welfare. Had we not lived in random foreclosed homes. Mm-hmm. Had... I not been separated on different coasts from Marina and Quinn. Living in a garage. Living in a garage. Had I not been separated from different coasts, on different coasts from Marina and mm-hmm. Quinn, I wouldn't have so much value for connection and family. Had I not gone through all the schools that I went through, I don't think I would have had the ability and the knack to connect with random strangers. Right. If, had, I, had we not lived in Chino, in that house specifically, when we first moved out and you got our own place, I never would have met this dude, Josh, and my buddy Dave Simpson if you did not live at that house. And because of Josh and Dave Simpson, yeah. we started going to Chafee. And I uh, met J.P., Bucky, yeah, yeah. Pallone, Richard Mulder. Yeah. Think of that. That all stemmed because you took the initiative to get us that house. And if it weren't for skateboarding, my life would have been completely different. Yeah. Same thing with Marina and Quinn. Yeah. You know, look at all the stuff that your your sister kind of mm-hmm. had the same. You both got pregnant, yeah. <laughs> you know, at what, 16, 17? Yeah. Back then, it's like it freaks you out. When like, I think that's such a core you know? part of what we're doing here with Project Mindset and the message is like you have to be able to dance with what it is that you're going through. Yeah. There's going to be highs, there's going to be lows, but the key purpose to actually achieve a life of extraordinary experiences is to be able to dance with the dark parts. Yeah. If you can't dance with the dark parts, you're never going to be able to find the light. Right. You know, so one of the intentions of Project Mindset is to really help people be authentic with where they're at, number one. If you're in the dumps, let yourself be in the dumps, but own it. Own being in the dumps. Don't be a victim to being in the dumps. Don't be a victim to being in breakdown. Take full responsibility for any mind, body, soul, family, friends, business, or financial breakdown. Because as soon as you take full responsibility for it, well, now you have the ability to mess with it and make it better. If you're saying that my reason for being this is because of this, well, I can't get to that. Where where if you bring this problem into your life now, well, now I'm holding on to the problem. It's my problem. Yeah. And now I can play with it and make it better. Yeah. You know, so what's what's your message, mom? As we wrap this up, it's so cool just to um, see where you are now with James. You know, your marriage is annoyingly awesome because (laughs) James is such a rad human being and you guys are so perfect for each other. And, um, you know, your brothers and sisters who you grew up with mm-hmm. are all doing amazing, yeah. right? Your kids are are, are, are chasing their dreams. You yeah. know, we're, you have three kids who are all entrepreneurs. Yeah. Like we are, we're all our own bosses. Myself, yeah. Quinn, Marina, we're all people who are seeking more out and, of life. And How's I have to say feel? there's no greater feeling than having, you know, being a parent, being a mom, and um, – you know, a single mom, at, at, you know, for a moment. Um, and even, and now I get to share it with James uh, to know that uh, 
you you have peace in your heart. Yeah. Because you did and and you know, you did your best. Right. And you have peace in your heart about where your kids are at. Mm-hmm. Like I can die today. Yeah. And know that you guys are going to be okay. Right. And um because of the choices you made. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to take responsibility that there's this okay, there's this one thing um your choice that you you guys are making mm-hmm. was because of the choices that I ultimately yeah. decided to make. Yep. So I always say this to a lot of people. You can send, you know, for those of you that have children and you're all about do, the doing part of this thing called life, you know, get off of that. Yeah. Because there's no, you can send your kids to the finest school, but the best education they're 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 gonna learn is from you. Right. They're that's that's their education. Yeah. That's how they're gonna know life is how you're doing life. Right. So I know that I wasn't perfect. I know that I freaked out. I know that I messed up. I made bad choices. Um, but ultimately, I I chose. Yeah. And one of the one probably my my the best part of it is is letting go of you guys. And giving you guys to God. Right. Like just saying, God, you know, they're in your hands now. Yeah. And you take care of them. You know, let me, show me what I need to do. Show me how I need to be so that they can make the right choices. That's good. That's awesome. Well, know, I think um, uh, I think God has always looked out. For sure. Yeah. That's called grace. Yeah. That is called God's grace. And that's what I say about, like, my brothers and my sister with the way my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom, I mean, because we can get very, you know, it's really sad because now my mom's, you know, she's in that, she has, she's 87, 88 years old, and she's on her, like, fourth to, I don't know, she's between four stage four and seven of having um, dementia. Yeah. And, you know, so now, I mean, we, we can't even reason with her. Right. We can't ask her questions because she, she has selective memory. Right. And yeah. um, she knows everything yeah. about me for some reason. She just remembers <laughs> me all the time. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just um, you have to ch- you can choose if, if there's any if there's anything you can choose. You can you have choices. Right. You can choose. Yeah. You know, go to Landmark. Landmark yes. was another another place where I really learned what it meant to be authentic. It's awesome. You know, and yeah, so. if there's one thing that I've really seen uh, from you that you taught me is to always keep looking for it. One is to own my own stuff mm-hmm. from getting arrested in seventh grade yep. to getting kicked out of schools to, you know, becoming a parent when I was 17 to getting, you know, just in every kind of trouble, you always made me deal with it myself, right? And made sure I, I was dealing with the problem, you know, which you was crucial. You know, you never, like, fixed it for me. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's, I can't. So wrapping it up, what's, what's, a, what's the one, two, three keys that you want to leave people with to, to break through, to live an awesome life, what are your steps? What are your keys? I, I would say take the time to find out 
what really moves you, what inspires you, mm -hmm. and what you love. Take that time. Yeah. You know, what wakes you up in the morning? And really tap into that. And um, the other thing is, you know, this life is, you know, we only go through it once. Yeah. Um, and it's really about being there for for somebody else. Yeah. It, it's not, it's really not your life. It's your life to give to others. And, um, you know, and you have a choice. That's it. You have a choice. I love it. One of the main things that I always crack up when I go to your house is how many quotes you have everywhere. You have more quotes posted up throughout your house. You know, I was thinking about that today. I so was saying, you I'm, know. I'm only going to let you wear, share one. <laughs> what's your one quote that's posted up of the hundreds of quotes in your house? What's the one quote that stands out the most for you? Be still and know that I'm God. That's awesome. That's probably the one. That's my favorite. Awesome, Mom. Well, Be great still. job. We heard the story. Did we cover it all? Um, I'm sure we didn't. There is probably some other stuff that's uh, we, but we have a pretty amazing life. Yeah, we're just getting we're really, started. I know it's pretty crazy. I'm I'm really proud of you. I'm proud of you know. I'm really I'm really blessed. I'm proud of Quinn. Yeah. I'm proud of Marina. Marina just had her baby. You know her number three. Oh my god, baby Jonah, and she's doing so amazing with uh you know just being a health coach yeah. and uh probably i i just have to say it again my kids are woke yeah <laughs> <laughs> awesome mom Good well we're woke be. because you're woke <laughs> yeah so I thank so. you for um being somebody that continually sought out uh the next level in life and continually looked for how to make our life better because that that way of being more than where it actually took us it was that way of being of continually seeking that we gained the most right yeah more than the places that we went to or what we've actually done it was your energy that rubbed off on us the most that you continually were and still are somebody that looks for how to get to the next level and i think the key in um, success, whatever you want to call it, is to uh, never stop looking, never stop being a student of life, and to never think that you, you know, you made it. No, yeah. I mean, um, you know, as you were speaking right now, I, all I could think about is that God has a, we can't even imagine, I can't even imagine, like, what's happening with you, you know, and, and with with my kids, period. Um I can't imagine the life that God has in store. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. It's like we're just, it's just it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. And it's, um, it's in that moment where you really learn how to tap into yourself and go deep and just ask yourself, who am I? Yeah. You know, what am I, what's my purpose and what do I love? Yeah. Because what, when you find out what you really love, those are God-given desires, and God's going to fulfill it. Yes. When you really, really, really tap into that, and it's gonna, it's, God's going to work with you in spite of yourself. Mm. You know, so that's, I don't know, that's all I can say. That's what's Pretty up, cool. Mom. Stay woke. Stay woke. Thank you for being <laughs> here today. Love you, Mom. Love you, too. Thanks. Peace.